Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. We're going to pick up where we left off in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 8. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Paul continues to make a significant connection to the role of baptism as it plays and intersects with what we recognize as the importance of the resurrection. And Paul points out that importance as well, that Jesus claimed not just that he would rise from the dead, but he actually did it, right? It'd be one thing to claim it and it not happen, but he claimed that he would rise again, and he did, in fact, do that. So as we see Jesus rising from the dead, Paul recognizes this, and this is not the only time or person in the New Testament that recognizes the importance and significance of Jesus overcoming the grave. But we see the the power of Jesus and the power of God saying that, yes, Jesus died once for all, and through the resurrection, sin and death have no dominion over him. They have no power or sway over him. And in that victory, we join with Christ in that victory as well. And we join with him through baptism. Now, baptism is a teaching and practice within the Christian church that we would call a sacrament. Now, sacrament is kind of uh, another one of those big terms that we use. And I know we've talked about sacraments when we went through the Gospels and went through Acts. And this is not the last time that you'll have us talking about baptism as well. But a sacrament is a way by which we receive God's grace. It's a physical means by which we receive that grace. And we know this. We know that it's a way we receive God's grace because of what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, where Peter writes, baptism now saves you. How do we know this? How does this work? Well, we don't really know. This is a promise from God. And just like Abraham, who hears the promise of God, we are invited to believe. We are encouraged to recognize that God is one who, as he makes promises, does not break those promises. Baptism saves us, not as a general washing. There's really nothing special about the water, but through the resurrection, we are joining with Christ, not just in his death, but also in the life that he gives us through the victory that we have through the resurrection. How does water have the ability to do do this? Um, I'll just tell you a little peek behind the curtains that at our church and most churches that the water isn't really special or unique. Uh, We make sure that it's room temperature before we baptize people, but it really just comes out of a faucet. And some churches that have those huge baptismal fonts or pools, they'll just fill it up with with hose water or they'll turn on spigots or, or whatever. It doesn't really come from any place special. There's nothing unique or sacred about that water in initial on its initial appearance. 
But when it's connected with the word of God, when it accompanies the word of God, when we recognize the promise that God gives us, that is how the water has that power. Otherwise, you know, when we see that it's connected with the word, the Bible wouldn't teach us that God's grace is given to us through baptism if it actually wasn't. The Bible wouldn't lie to us about this. Peter wouldn't have said something like this, and we would have... Baptism wouldn't have been a practice of the Christian church. Instead, we see that we receive the gift of salvation through uh, faith, through the grace of God that is being transferred to us and given to us through the waters of baptism. Jesus instructs us to baptize as we go on and teach people about him. As we go and instruct, and again, we see this in Matthew 28. I, I realize I'm rambling a little bit about baptism, but this is the important significance of this teaching in the lives of Christians. Baptism ties us to Jesus in both his death and resurrection. And it brings us to another big Christian term that we use. And we've looked at justification and the follow-up immediately behind the doctrine and teaching of justification is sanctification. And, and remember that justification is being declared righteous in God's sight. God views us as if we had never sinned. That's justification. Sanctification is similar to that in the sense that God completed that work through Jesus for the salvation of fallen man. Sanctification is God's ongoing work in the lives of people until we see Jesus. This is the work of God drawing people continually to himself. And this is a work that, like I said, that continues on and continues to go on and take place in our own lives until we see Jesus. This is very much seen in how it's carried out in the rest of Romans, and not just in Romans, but for the rest of the New Testament. What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What does it look like to live a life of obedience to God? The power of God lives within you through the Holy Spirit. When you have your faith in Jesus, this is God at work in your life, shaping and changing you to become more and more like Jesus. We still deal with sin. We still are convicted of sin. The Holy Spirit still does his work. But day after day, as we continue to rely on God and believe his promise and turn to him in repentance and place him as the Lord of our life, God continues to do that work in our lives. Which is why Paul encourages us to not allow sin to control your actions, to not willingly go out and continue to sin. You have a new master now. You have a new Lord of your life. So the encouragement for us today is, is to continue to live in the freedom that God gives us through his son, Jesus, which leads us to the takeaway question today. How does this passage tie into Jesus' teaching, specifically regarding the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter 6? Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Epistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.